1: gentlemen to a brand new edition of the cannon fire podcast back at you today for episode 167 it is our Super Bowl game preview we're going to be taking a look at this Sunday's game between the Buccaneers and the Chiefs Super Bowl 55 welcome back to the show I'm your host as always Rhett Matthew joined alongside me my good buddy and co-host Billy Bucks fan himself Mr. Evan Wanish Evan how you doing today my friend
2: I'm uh, doing really good. We got a very special guest here and I'm really excited for it.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us today NFL veteran at Fullback spent some time with the Cowboys, the Colts, the Broncos, inventor of the ice shaker. Many people know you from your appearance on Shark Tank. Chris Gronkowski joins the show. How are you doing, Chris? Welcome to the podcast.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm pumped to be here. I'm a little sweaty. Um, you know, I'm excited about the game, but I just finished a workout too. So I might be dripping a little bit, but, uh, appreciate you guys having me on today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No worries. I mean, it's always a good time to get a workout in, you know, I, I should probably get a little more pumping in during the day, but it's all right. So we wanted to get into things and really quickly. You know, I, I wanted to kind of change things up. Uh, we normally kick things off and we give a shout out to our sponsors at bed online. I wanted to introduce something new this week and, and maybe we could have a little bit of fun with it. But it is the Bet Online Prop of the Week, and we'll just kick things right off. Big weekend for your brother Rob playing this Sunday in the Super Bowl. The over-under for his receiving yards, 29.5. And, And, uh, you know, I don't know about you guys. I know we've talked about how Rob Gronkowski has kind of taken a little bit more of a blocker role throughout the playoffs, but I think this is a great week to take the over. I think that TB12 to Rob Gronkowski connection in the Super Bowl is just going to be a sight to see. I I like the over here, but 29.5, what are you thinking, Chris? You might be a little biased on this one
0: man yes man he always shows up in the big games for for one big play at least so uh it seems like when Tom really needs him you know he hits that big one down the sideline so that's a guaranteed 30-yard catch right there so i think uh yeah they have definitely been using him more in the blocking role but that builds up and builds up and builds up and then that play action is wide open so uh, i'm expecting to see a couple big plays
2: what you think evan you taking the over
0: Yeah, I am.
2: Uh, The one time that uh, Rob Gronkowski got over 100 yards this year was actually against the Chiefs. So I think he's going to do some damage to their linebackers and their safety. So, yeah, I'm going to hammer the over there too.
1: Yeah, absolutely big week for the tight ends, but of course for Rob in particular. By the way, if you're looking at any other bets for the game, make sure you check out our friends betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, betonline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Betonline, your online sportsbook expert. So, Chris. Let's jump into what you've been doing lately, my friend. I know you've been staying busy. I see your Instagram, you got a whole lot of content coming out and you guys are working really hard between stuff with Ice Shaker and of course your fitness program. So uh, what have you been doing lately? How you doing?
0: Man, I've been good. It's um, It's been an exciting season for me, man. Uh, just a crazy year. Things that have never happened before happening. And uh, one of them is you know, the bro coming out of retirement, going to a whole new team, whole new system, no off season. And making it to the Super Bowl. It's kind of like the Super Bowl. That should have never happened, man. So it's, it's kind of a second uh, chance at this. And I'm pumped, man. Because once you step away from the game, you respect it so much more. And I think that's where he's at as well. So this is really something super special for him.
2: Yeah, and I did want to bring up. So you were asked by, by TMZ, I believe, earlier, way before the trade even happened. And they said... Is your brother going to come out of retirement? And you didn't think so. So I want to know, did you know, did you find out when we all did about the trade? Did you know a couple of days beforehand? And what was your initial reaction to, you know, like your brother, he's he's back in the NFL?
0: Yeah. So, man, I didn't think it was going to happen because you know, it's a tough game, man. Uh, when I retired, it was the first time I, I slept in years. Uh, just a, just so much stress off your shoulders. And he had so many injuries that, that he was battling and. He was still hurting. Uh, we did something called Stadium Blitz. It was actually in Tampa. Um, was was our last one in in 2019, and he just wasn't there yet. You know, when we went out there, I was crushing him out there. Uh, and this is a guy who plays every snap in an NFL game and has endurance like I've never seen before. And um, I'm smoking him in an obstacle course race. And his body just wasn't right yet. So I didn't think I didn't think he was um, going to come back. But the truth is, is he was still one of the best at his position that fire was still burning. And I think that what if would have always been there if he didn't come back. So I was surprised by it just because I know when I retired, it was it was a whole different world for me. And it was very hard for me to get back into it, um, you know, at the age of 26. So uh, at age 30, once you give that up, you step away, you realize that there's a lot more uh, left, especially um, outside of football, especially for him. You know, he was doing shows. He was, he was commentating on TV. I mean, money was never an issue. And, and – the lack of things to do was never an issue as well. So, um, you know, he turned down a lot to go back, and, and I don't even—he he, he might have been making more off the field. So, uh, you yeah, know, huge decision for him, and I'm glad he did, and I think he's going to be proud of himself for the rest of the life for the for the decision that he made.
1: Oh yeah, and, and I mean, it's definitely benefited the Bucks up until this point as well. He has been. Just such a pleasant surprise on this roster because I'm I'm sure that you had seen it or heard of it, you know, before he had come back, a lot of people were questioning, well, you know, what kind of shape is he in? Because there's a huge difference between being in shape and being in football shape. And, you know, for Gronk to kind of come back and have the season that he has, he has put a lot of jaws on the floor this season simply because he's just doing things that, you know, it's hard to call it vintage Gronk because we're seeing it still in 2020, but he is doing things that you know, people just didn't expect him to be able to do this season. And I mean, the testament of how he was able to get his body prepared and I guess the kind of shape that he stayed in or whatever he did to get to where he needed to be. It's, you know, it's definitely working.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's a whole different approach now. And he's all about taking care of himself. And uh, you know, people see him as party gronk. Uh, that's not really the case anymore. <laughs> you know, he likes to have fun. But at the same time, he's going to take care of himself. Um, you know, massage is almost daily. Um, he's doing treatments all the time. Uh, he's working out or doing some kind of core exercise or something every day. So uh, he knows how to take care of himself, and they're also giving him the freedom to take care of himself this year, which he just didn't have before. Yeah. Uh, he was forced to to play through injuries. He was forced to uh, be on the field every practice. Um, and that does, doesn't always work for players. I mean, I played in three different organizations, four different organizations, actually, and the vets always got a little bit of a break because you, you need to, man. Your body just can't handle it at that age anymore, like you like you can when you're 20. Yeah. So you just start to break down, and sometimes you need a break. And if you know what you're doing and you know how to take care of yourself and you're a professional about it, you should have the ability to do that. And, and so that's what he's really benefiting from this year as well, and you could see it show up in his play as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, something that's remarkable to me is, you know, we talk about a guy that's been, you know, you said battling injuries. Uh, he hasn't been inactive for a single game this year. He's been active and he's played in every single game. And I remember him mentioning... Something about his his arm sleeve, you know. Everybody thinks of him with the with the big, you know, the big black arm sleeve or whatever with the padding and stuff. That brace, and he doesn't have that anymore because he said he doesn't really need to. And I mean, you know, what do you think he's done differently to really get himself in football shape? Because I'm sure this all happened very quickly, right? When Tom Brady, I think that was obviously a big factor. Tom Brady going to the right situation and uh, you know things falling into place. What do you think he did to to get himself in in football shape and be able to get ready?
0: Yeah, that's it, that's tough to do, but um, you know he when he retired, he went through this whole phase of you know just trying to clean himself up, like clean out his body, really take care of it, detox, do whatever he could to get himself back. So he did a great job. He lost a bunch of weight, and people kind of went crazy about it. But what he was doing was just trying to take care of himself, get all the inflammation out, and and rebuild. And that's all he was trying to do: lose it, get everything out that he didn't want in his body, and just kind of rebuild it in the healthiest way that he possibly could. So that was his game plan. It worked. He lost a ton of weight. He built it all back. He built back the muscle, the strength, and he was ready to go. So I think that was huge. But getting into football shape is tough, man, especially when there's no offseason. That's the hardest thing to do. You don't yeah. push yourself that hard no matter who you are, who you're training with. You know, when you get back on the field, it's completely different because you have the nerves. You know, you, you have the adrenaline rush, and that pushes you so much harder than anything else can in training. So you saw it early on. You know, it, it took a little bit to get back. To where he got to um oh, cool. maybe maybe three four or five games and then he was back in shape so uh you saw that i think with a lot of guys over the off you know, the off season just without a preseason it's tough to get back into that football yeah. shape do you so, do you think do you think this shows the value of preseason absolutely that and also just learning a playbook you you saw that too um you know they came out and they just weren't on the same page, and they weren't on the same page almost up until the bye week. It almost seemed like where there was still a lot of mistakes being made. Uh, you know, people were calling out Brady, but anyone who knows football could see that they just weren't on the same page. You know, he wasn't overthrowing the ball; he was just throwing a route that wasn't being run uh, because the receivers weren't reading it the same way he was. So uh, that's huge. Uh, preseason's huge. Having actual uh, you know competitors to go against changes the game, changes the looks, changes the defense, and you're doing that all on the fly, man. I mean. When you have a blitz come at you, you can't really simulate that with no defense. So uh, it's it's a split-second decision, and, and it's a lot of timing. And you just don't get that down until you actually go play in a real game.
1: And I think, uh, you know, you kind of brought up just everybody being on the same page. It's something else that we take away from this Bucks team this year and, uh, you know, Tom Brady's ability to kind of get these guys where they are. I mean, a Super Bowl appearance in year one, when you're learning a new playbook, learning a new head coach, new system, you're getting accustomed to new teammates. And then you stack on top of all of that. No OTAs, no preseason, you know, no training camp. So it definitely does kind of, you know, just take a hit on these guys as far as what they're able to do chemistry wise on offense. And so for them to be in this position is definitely a statement of this team. I I wanted to get a quick question from you. We had actually heard a story this week during, uh, you know, one of the media days for the Super Bowl. Gronk had talked about how he had basically cheated the system with the, you know, the (laughs) at home sprints uh kind of yeah. took advantage of the of the freedom they gave and he's he's changing shirts and listen you know I would do the same thing I think everybody and their mom would do the same thing because I'm sure sprints are awful especially when you got to do them at home but I wanted to ask do you have any good stories of a similar nature you know from from you and Rob over the years past maybe his time in New England or even you know just you guys growing up back when you were younger before you were playing ball
0: that yeah that was a good story so we had to get that cleared up too because I didn't necessarily believe it because he doesn't really take days off. So um, he kind of cleared it up a little bit. He definitely, you know, might have cheated it a little bit, but he said that <laughs> he did it because he didn't feel like filming every day. It just becomes kind of a nuisance. So he was like, let's just film all these in one day and then send them all over as the day comes at the same time. So, uh, you know, he likes to work out at different times. He had different things going on, and they were trying to get him to send it over, I think, at noon every day. So, had he had to he, you know, he played it smart i guess is what he did and um, <laughs> was able to send it over uh, some good stories man uh, i don't know anything like like that crazy but um just training wise it, it was always like that for us growing up um we we just everything was a, a challenge man everything had to be a one up on the other brother. so if we won in a 40 yard dash you know it was a rematch every single time and I love playing with him in college, and I wish I had a chance to play with him in the pros because you just push yourself so much harder when you're going against your brothers. You know, there's only one, yeah, you know, there's no one you could really impress more than your own family, especially in the film room. So, like during games, when we had a big play, we'd kind of like tap each other because I was I was playing I was playing like an H back look, so I would line up a lot next to him. But after a big hit, big play, anything like that, we go right back to the huddle and be like, "Hey, yeah, you know, wait till film room on that one." And we just <laughs> up during the game too. So. I love playing with him, man. It just took me to a whole new level, and um, just wish I had that opportunity at the next level as well. So
2: uh, obviously, there's a pretty big football game this Sunday. You are you're going to down to Tampa, uh, and I believe you've actually you're you're pretty big on TikTok, and I believe you've gotten a question on TikTok about just how Super Bowl tickets work. But this year it was a little bit different. Could you explain
0: that a little bit? Yeah. So normally, uh, what they do is whatever the, the teams that are in it, they get two free tickets. Uh, after that, you have the option to buy 13 of them at, at, at uh, face value. So um, I know two years ago when we went to um, the Super Bowl that was 2,500 bucks a ticket. So, uh, you know, if you have a nice family, they'll pay you back for it. <laughs> so <laughs> the players are, they're forking out that money. So it's a pretty big chunk of money. Um, I know people don't think that's a big deal for someone like Rob, but just my personal preference, I, I always pay him back, man. Cause I don't feel like it's responsibility to pay for my ticket, but um, this year it it had to get cut back because of COVID. Uh, I believe there's only 1500 or 15,000 tickets available. And then they gave another 7,500, I think the first line workers, I believe is what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, So with that, they cut it down to eight, I believe is what it came out to. And, um, and they're all upper decks, man. So they're all in the 300 rain. And um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's gonna be fun for sure but completely different what's rough is like you also can't go on the field you know after they won the Super Bowls one of the coolest things is going on the field you know doing snow angels in the confetti yeah uh taking some cool picks with the fam and um that's just not gonna happen this year
2: have you uh have you been to any games this year or is this gonna be your first time in, in Raymond James
0: Stadium so this this will be my second game I went to um yeah, I'm good luck. I'm telling you right now because I went to uh, the Green Bay game. There we and go. Okay, so you know you can't you can't blame a loss on me if I show up, man. I'm <laughs> charmed on this one, so uh, yeah, one game. That that was it. Uh, I used to go to all the games, but uh, three kids later and uh, a couple businesses, and it's not as easy to get to games anymore. Yeah.
1: Now looking back at this past season and i guess we kind of you know highlight the season that rob has had is is there any moment that sticks out to you a little bit more than the next like maybe you know that first big catch where everybody was like wow you know he's he's back um were, were there any moments like that that just kind of stuck out uh, to you from this past season
0: yeah i think a couple um i know we caught a pass on the middle and um you know, after the game, I was like, "Man, he's looking fast." But it came out after the game that he was hitting speeds that he hadn't hit since 2016, I think, is what, um, what one of the reporters reported. And uh, I was like, "Yeah, it looked like it looked like he was running fast." So, I-, I think that was one of the moments where, you know, kind of his conditioning came back, and he was just he was motoring, looked good, was moving fast. And then, um, man, I think a big moment for them was the bye week. I, I think that was a huge uh, turning point for the team. I, I think that's when. Bruce Arians really just gave the the reins over to Tom, and the offense really changed at that point as well. So um, that's not necessarily – that's not really Rob as much, but I think that also gave them a chance to get healthy too. And, and man, ever since that bye week, it's just been a, a different team.
2: Yeah, so you talk about that bye week, and obviously over the bye week, a lot of preparation, and then basically the Bucs have – have had just another bye week now uh, with the week leading up to the Super Bowl. Uh, You know, is there any sort of... I know every player is different. Is there any sort of routine that Rob has done before these Super Bowls? Uh, He's been... I believe this is going to be his sixth one. Uh, Is there any different routine that he's done uh, differently from the regular season? Because, you know, it's it's playoff time. You got to... You know, it's crunch time. So is there anything different that he does or any sort of
0: superstition? Man, so I I haven't seen... Any anything that he's done, um, I know he came on uh, our YouTube channel the other day, and someone asked him, and his his ritual is eating uh, a peanut butter jelly sandwich and uh, chocolate milk before there the- we go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's
0: that's his go-to bed, and uh, hey, it sounds sounds like a pretty good meal to me.
1: Oh yeah. Now, we, we've talked a little bit about the game this weekend, but I want to go a little more in-depth and kind of get your thoughts about what kind of game you think this is going to be. Everybody looks at the bill. you got the Buccaneers and the Chiefs, two very high-powered offenses, a couple of quarterbacks that do not make mistakes, and they're definitely going to get the job done when they need it the most. A lot of people say shootout. You know, I, I think this is a game that will ultimately be decided by how the Bucks defense shows up and attacks but what kind of game do you think we have in store, and, and do you think it's a big day for Rob?
0: Man, I always think big games are, are usually lower scoring than people think. Yeah, just because you have that extra week to prepare. Uh, they've they've seen each other before as well, and usually the second time around, you just you kind of know what's coming. So the defense is usually prepared for it, and it's it's harder to kind of do these gimmick plays or really switch up a. Uh, an offense really trick people. So usually the, usually it's a, a little bit lower scoring. But with these two, I just – I can't tell, man. Uh, you know, last time they – they every time, really, they, they go against each other, it's usually a pretty high-scoring game. So I, I think that's probably going to be what ends up happening as well. Uh, I, so I'm, I'm thinking shootout, man. As big of a game it is, I'm still thinking shootout. And um, even with two weeks to prepare for it, they're just too powerful. Both teams are just too powerful to me. Uh, Rob-wise, I think – it's tough to tell, but I think it's going to be a couple of big plays. Um, you know, he's kind of found that that great spot where you know he's blocking. Everyone knows he's blocking, and then um, you, know, you can't prepare for it. You can't prepare for that that play action out of nowhere, out yeah. of play that he did five times earlier in the game. And then all of a sudden he's breaking down the field, down the middle, uh, off play action. So I think that will happen a couple times in the game. But the team's just so talented, man, that um, he's going to play his role. If he's not the go-to guy, he's going to do what he has to do to win the game. Yeah, actually,
2: uh, yeah, just like you said, you know, even in a quiet day versus Green Bay last week, he had that twenty-nine yard screen, which was a really big play. So, I mean, just like you said, with the the big plays when it matters uh, is really his forte. Actually, the the only time Patrick Mahomes has lost the playoff game was to Tom Brady and Rob uh, when when Rob and Gronkowski sort of dominated on that final drive. Um, you know, so he's he's historically had some. Pretty good success uh, uh, against Kansas City, and hopefully he'll be able to to replicate it. Um, so, I mean, you know, what do you think the biggest thing for this offense is? What is the the biggest key? Is it maintaining a balance? Is it you know, obviously playing turnover free is, is a must, I think, in any big game. But um, you know,
0: what do you think is the biggest going to be the biggest X factor for this offense? Man, I, I still and I've been saying this kind of all year. Um, the, the running backs they got to get more involved, and this kind of been. Brady's forte man um, hitting the running backs out of the backfield. and they got to make the catches, man. I know their hands are a little suspect. Uh, I'm hoping they're hitting the jugs machine this week. Uh, <laughs> I think that's big, especially in a tight game when when defenses are ready. Uh, it's very hard to um, prepare for a good running back out of the backfield because you're putting a you're putting a linebacker on them. a uh, running back, a good running back should beat a linebacker every time one on one, and that's kind of been the specialty for uh, for Brady throughout the years. I mean, you saw it, in games when they went against um, the, the the Seahawks in the, in the Super Bowl where James White had like 14 catches in one game. Oh, yeah, and, um, That's just a game changer, man. When you can't cover that, when you're not prepared for that, that's huge. So I, I think that plays a role. Um, I, I think that Brady just getting the ball out of his hands faster, which he's been doing, it, is big. I think early on in the, the offense at first was more geared towards holding the ball um, a little bit too long. And when you have a 43-year-old quarterback uh, who can't take a hit, you know, you can't hold the ball. So I think we'll see a lot of quick passes um, and just a little bit more out of the run game uh, and then a lot more out of, um, you know, the running backs out of the backfield.
1: Now, when you look at the tail of the tape for these two offenses, specifically at the tight end position on one side for the Bucks, of course, you've got Rob Gronkowski. I think you got a couple of future Hall of Famers here. But on the other side, you've got Travis Kelsey as well. Uh, what do you make of Travis Kelsey and in, in the way that he plays the game? Because, you know, any tight end that wears number 87 there's going to be those comparisons but i think <laughs> you know i think the tight ends in particular is a matchup this week that everybody is just excited to talk about because both of that, uh both of these guys can absolutely wreck a game on offense if a team's not prepared
0: oh absolutely man absolutely uh yeah travis is unreal man so um amazing player as well i think hall of famer as well uh he's gonna he's gonna have a good day i'm sure um he always does but what i've seen historically is it seems like the defenses on teams, uh, you know, that Rob plays for, are prepared for it, and I think it's because they go against Rob in preseason. Uh, I think oh. they go against him all year long, and it's a bigger body, a talented athlete, and and they have to you know go against Rob all year, so they're ready for it. So that's kind of what I've seen is that the linebackers and the and the cover safeties and whoever they put on them uh, usually do pretty well because they're used to a talented guy going against. So I think Rob gives him a really good look throughout the year and it really helps them in the game as well. So uh, it seems like he doesn't usually have that big of a game uh, against any of the teams that Rob's on. Uh,
1: Bucks cornerback, Sean Murphy Bunting was actually on another podcast last week and they had asked him that same question about, you know, you're in practice and you have to cover Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, like you know, how physical does it get? How handsy do you have to get at the line? And I think that that's just a benefit that these guys have had in the secondary all season. When you're working with you know a specimen of guys who can who can catch the ball, you know it, it's definitely not a uh, it's definitely not a below average group for the Bucks, is what I'm trying to say. But um, but yeah, I definitely think that's an advantage that uh, comes in for the Buccaneers, especially those guys and how to handle a big physical guy like Travis Kelsey. Evan, I didn't mean to cut you off there.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, just to speak to your point in practice, especially when you got a guy like Tom Brady throwing the ball, it's not just some some average quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of the best to ever do it. But I wanted to. I want to ask you a few more questions before we let you go here. Um, so uh, Tom Brady, obviously you've known him for years. I'm sure uh, one of, you know, it's been documented. It's one of the best, I think QB tight end connections in NFL history. Uh, like, you know, they're up there in all the record books as far as pass, you know, passing slash receiving touchdowns together. Um, and, and in the playoffs, they've even done more magic. So, you know, what is your takeaway from just Tom Brady that seems like a different breed than everybody else? You know, he seems like, you know, he's, he's, he's always prepared. It seems like nothing surprises him anymore. And, I mean, he's played 21 years in the NFL. But, you know, what do you think of his, you know, methods and – uh, sort of like his preparedness for every big game. I mean, he said he's been getting it at 6.15 a.m. every morning uh, because he, you know, he's trying to get so prepared, and he's been in a house by himself. So uh, what, what do you think is the biggest, like, you know, his his preparedness, and how, how does it stack up to other players?
0: You can't outwork that guy, man. <laughs> it's insanity. I mean, his entire life evolves around being in the best shape that he can and, and being the, the most prepared and best quarterback in the world. So. Uh, 21 years is, is huge, man. It takes so much time to really understand the game. And you know, I, I think a great comparison is people ask all the time, like, you know, how does Tony Romo know what play is coming?
2: Uh-huh. And you
0: Think about it. You know, Tony's, you know, I, I don't know how many years he got to, but I think it was about 10 and, um, and he's watching film and he's able to call out plays. Now you will know, take that and, and times it by two. And, um, uh, you know, that's the knowledge that Brady has, you know, he already knows what defense be, is being run. You can't trick him. uh, the knowledge is insane, and he's he's been doing it for so long, doing it at a high level, and the physical abilities are still there. You know, there's absolutely no sign of him slowing down at all. Uh, it's unbelievable to watch. But I think when you dedicate every single ounce of, um, you know, your life to something, you're gonna do some magic, and and that's what he's done. And huge props to him, man. I mean, just reading what he eats, and um, like the stuff that he does, I'm just sitting there like, dude i don't know how you do it how do you how do you not eat sugar or you, know, you, you eat guacamole or avocado ice cream it's like man <laughs> but that's the dedication i mean i'm i'm 34 now he's almost 10 years older than me and um you know i couldn't imagine getting hit by one of those 300 pound linemen you know there was times when i was in my 20s and you know i cut block a 330 pound lineman and he falls directly on my back and man that hurts bad like that that really hurts and at age 43 i can't even imagine what that feels like to get blindsided or thrown on your back or fallen on multiple times in a game so he's doing some really really cool things um you know unheard of stuff and for him to go to a whole new team and do it again it just proves that he's he's gonna go down as the best to ever do it have I mean, uh, have
2: you or rob ever tried the avocado ice cream i haven't man i i want to but have you tried <laughs> it? anyone tried no. it no, I, I, I have not. I, honestly, I don't plan on it. If you want me to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: so, man. one more question for you about TB12. You kind of talked about, you know, he is just a specimen, and, and I mean, I, you know, I would ask you if you think he's going to play past forty-five, like he had mentioned the other day. But I feel like the answer there is an easy yes, just because the guy has no signs of slowing down. But You know, have you gotten a chance to talk to Tom at all this past season or even in passing heard what he's told Rob? Basically, have you gotten any feedback about, you know, just how he's taken this year or any feedback on his time in Tampa Bay thus far?
0: Man, no. So Tom's super private. So I've actually never met him outside the locker room before. Oh, wow. Uh, You know, my brother Glenn played with them. So he's met Tom a few times. But me personally, I my brother Dan played with him as well. But I haven't actually ever seen Tom outside of the football field ever so uh super private I mean I know Rob hangs out with him all the time and just seeing him um over the years I mean he's there's so much more relaxed um and laid back and just the interviews and stuff like that you know it, it's definitely a different feeling for sure and I think they're just having a lot more fun with it I mean the, the yeah. Gronky and Tom show is hilarious <laughs> I was re-watching it the other day and I was just dying laughing when they're talking about the rings and yeah, what what's your favorite ring? And um, Rob's just cracking up and making Giselle jokes and stuff. And I'm like, man, this is, yeah, you, know, you would never see this in New England. So um, I, I think they're just really enjoying it.
2: Yeah, and then uh, before we let you go, do you have a do you have a prediction for us for the for the big game here?
0: Man, well, I, I I don't know. I, I was originally predicting low score when I was when I was predicting some scores, but I think it's going to get up there. You know, something like a thirty-one twenty-eight game. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to last play, uh, kind of that last series, and uh, because with with both quarterbacks, you never know what's going to happen in that last oh, series. Right. So For ends with the ball is probably going to end up winning the game. Uh, is what I'm thinking.
2: All right. So, I mean, I, th- I think you're probably going to give the benefit of the doubt to your brother. But, um, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully Rob can make some make some big plays. It uh, seems like every Super Bowl, no matter what, right, if he's injured or not, uh, having a down year or not, whatever. I remember in that Rams game, right, the last game before he retired, um, really quiet, right? It was kind of a boring game, real low scoring, like you were saying. But the one big play was Brady's pass down to the goal line with Gronkowski. Yep. He made a fantastic catch. So he always seems to show up. And I think if Tom does get the final you know, the final drive, I think you'll
0: be seeing a lot of Gronkowski then
2: too.
0: Yeah, I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped. And one last thing I want to hit on too, um, for all the fans listening, I know this was pretty big for Rob throughout the years, just all the support from the fans. Uh, he wanted to do a big giveaway. So I don't know if you guys saw it. He has the the Super Six giveaway going on. Mm-hmm. He's out signed gear, uh, gloves, and cleats from the year. 75-inch TV, thousand-dollar gift card to uh, Top Golf, Buffalo Wild Wings, but a couple signed jerseys as well. So he's throwing that out there, um, free. Just go to the website, GronkNation.com, and just sign up for it. And it's six days of giving, so pretty cool. Uh, but he just he just wanted to put that on to thank all his fans from all the years and then comes out of retirement and goes to a whole new team and still has the backing of the fans. So he's super appreciative of it. Once you leave the game, you, you, you really respect the fans even more. So uh, he definitely wanted to to share that love with everyone. So check that out if you haven't had a chance yet. Yeah, and also check out uh check out Ice Shaker guys, which uh my my page,
2: Bucks Daily, uh was able to to partner with on a giveaway. They uh Ice Shaker partnered with TB Twelve Sports and they made this really awesome uh product, uh you know, the Brady slash Gronk We Ain't Done Yet, or yeah, uh you know here. it's uh, still here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it was uh it was an awesome product, so go ahead and check out Ice Shaker. Uh where can where can they find you, Chris? I know, like I said, you're on TikTok or on Instagram, where else can the people find you
0: yeah for sure man uh so at chris Krakowski, tiktok instagram uh i joined the 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 bucks uh facebook group as well so i'm in there i post every once in a while in there doing push-ups with the kids and stuff after every touchdown uh but i'm all over the place i'd like to talk about kind of some of the behind the scenes of football as well so you might have seen some of those posts but uh love engaging love interacting with the fans and please check me out leave a comment i answer a ton of questions on there too so feel free to drop some questions i'd love to answer them Oh
1: yeah. Chris, thank you so much for jumping on the show with us, man. Really looking forward to the game this weekend, and it was a pleasure talking with you. Good to hear from you, my friend.
0: Thanks so much, guys. Let's yeah. go Bucks. Yes, yeah, sir.
1: All go right, Bucks. So, ladies and gentlemen, when we come back, we're going to wrap up our game preview. We'll go into detail about what the Bucks are going to need to do this Sunday to hopefully come out with their second franchise Lombardi trophy. It's Canter Podcast. Rhett Matthew and Evan Wanish, don't go anywhere. We'll talk to you here shortly.
2: Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy guacamole. <laughs> Third down, 18. Dropping
0: Gannon, and looking Gannon, and looking Gannon. Those up the middle. And intercepted
2: at the Derek 40. Derrick Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 25. 20. He's going. Derrick Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. Yeah. We're going to win
0: the Super Bowl.
2: Super Bowl, baby. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah,
0: big nasty Hall of Fame Tempe Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother! You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo!
1: Woo! Welcome back to the Cannon Fire Podcast as we continue episode 167. It is our Super Bowl game preview show. We just wrapped up our conversation with NFL veteran, founder of the Ice Shaker, and brother of Rob, Chris Gronkowski. Hoping to have him on sometime back in the offseason. It was a great conversation. And, uh, Evan, you know, I got to give you your props where it's due. Good job on uh, booking Chris Gronkowski for us.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, awesome. Awesome to have him on. Um, like I said, the, the fan page. Uh, did a collab with his with his uh, Ice Shaker brand and it was a, a great uh, great product and like I, I suggest you guys you know go ahead and check it out. It's uh, I think I believe it's just at Ice Shaker on Instagram. It's really awesome. They sell some awesome stuff. It's not just like random like you know just products. It's some bug stuff as well because Rob's with the Bucks now. So um, yeah, and they had a limited edition uh, partnership with with TB12. So I was able to to collab with them on that and. Yeah, it was a it was a good time. And yeah, thanks a lot for thanks a lot to Chris for for joining us and give us some pretty good insight on, you know, what it's like, you know, sort of behind the scenes a little bit and some yeah. things that, you know, not a lot of guests can give us. So,
1: oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he talked to us a little bit off the air, let us in on some uh, pretty cool stuff that Ice Shaker has in the works. If Gronkowski sticks around with Tampa Bay for another year, which at this point, I think it's a pretty safe bet. So keep an eye out for that. But let's go ahead and get into our game preview. There's a lot to talk about Super Bowl 55, the biggest game the Buccaneers have played in the history of this show. Biggest game they've played since all the way back in 2003 when they made their first Super Bowl appearance. Well, they're going to do it this week, and they're the first ever home team in the Super Bowl. I want to get your two cents on something that has had people up in arms this week and something that truly I I don't really think is that big of a deal. But, uh, you know, we found out the verdict of the cannons this week and, and the cannons will not fire during the game. But here's the kicker. Here's what got me. They pick Raymond James, they talk about the pirate ship, and they're so excited to show off all the fancy things that it can do, like shooting air cannons. But then they don't allow the cannons to fire. And listen, I'm not mad about the cannons not firing during the game. Like I understand right. I, I understand a neutral sight. I get it. But what pissed me off and pushed me over the edge is that they elected to play a pre-recorded sound effect of the cannons going off while the team takes the field. Again, neutral site, I get it. And in my opinion, I don't think it's that big of a deal that they can't be fired during the game. But when you're bringing the team onto the field, I mean, why? that's the showcase of Raymond James Stadium. Like, Mm -hmm. every time WrestleMania is here, since it's going to be here two years in a row, they theme it around the pirate ship. And yeah, pirates, yeah. First ever home team Super Bowl, and you're not going to let them use the one thing that they have to themselves in the stadium? Like, the real thing, like a recording of it, You know, if you want to fire it before and after the game, cool. I'm totally fine with that. I think they should have to earn it to be Super Bowl champions. But why not just use the real damn thing?
2: Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, I think that though the Bucks did push for it, but unfortunately, yeah, I, I understand that the neutral site thing. Everybody, oh, you know, the Bucks are the designated home team, and it's in Tampa. <laughs> it's it's still it has to be. A it neutral doesn't mean site. it's a Bucks you know? game. <laughs> yeah, this this isn't a Bucks home game. Like this isn't you know the Bucks do not have nine home games this year. You know, um, if it was a you know if this was wasn't the Super Bowl, sure. If it was you know the NFC Championship game, then yeah, it's a home game. But this is not like the Bucks logo ain't going to be at, at midfield. It's going to yeah. be the NFL logo. So um, there's going to be a Chiefs logo on the other side of this, you know, the well, thing.
1: Well, it, it caught me off guard a little bit, too, just because I know that they you know dress up the outside of the stadium. And, and I was driving home from work the other day. I turn on to Dale Mabry and, and verbally in my truck. I'm like, what the hell? Because I look over and there's a 50-foot banner on the side of Raymond James that says Chiefs Kingdom. And right. it is a little weird. It is a little jarring. And I'll be honest with you. I wish that for the first home team in history, they could have, you know, maybe made it a little bit more of a home game. I do think the Bucks earned that Right. But you know, I at the same time I can understand the neutral site. It's just thing, chance, but, man. It's just yeah.
2: just so happened that the year that Tampa was hosting the Super Bowl, the Bucks made it's so. It, you know? It's so
1: funny because you know that's the way that everybody in that front office looked at it too. For the past fifty five years, they're like, "All right, well, we got a one in thirty two chance that we're going to have to maybe make some arrangements here. So let's just kind of cross our fingers." And it only took right. fifty plus years for them to
2: get to yeah. that point. But so the the issue yeah, the issue I have is with the the pregame thing. The, the recording like there's no reason the cans can't go off i if if i'm sure the bucks are really pushing right now that if they win the super bowl post game just let them rip yeah baby. I, I i i think i think the bucks i don't have an insight source or anything on that but i think the bucks are probably pushing right now that hey all right whatever we can use your pre-recorded bull crap um before the game and the pre-game intros and stuff because the entire team will get introduced yeah um so that'll that'll be that but then once they uh, you know if they win on the post game you know this whole celebration just let them go right don't yeah. do no pre recording thing not with the ship right there exactly like, come that's on. the
1: thing like if you're looking <laughs> it's at right it right there you know it, what it's i mean not
2: even like the, it's not even like they take it down or whatever it stays up it's like, not like it's you know the super bowl in
1: orlando and they can't bring the ship with them it's literally right. sitting right there cannon's ready to go <laughs>
2: <laughs> Makes, yeah, I, I think that's a lot of people's gripe. But yeah, I, I get the neutral site thing. I just don't get why it has to be a sound system boombox type. Yeah. Uh, and I do think that if if they win, I think the Bucks are really going to push hard. They push hard to keep the cannons in regardless. Oh, yeah. So I think if they win, they're going to push hard um, to, to, to let the, the actual cannons fire. So we're gonna take a quick look at the latest injury report, and also, tell you who's gonna be in and I, out can, this week. I, I think I want the Bucks to win just so I can see Devin White actually on the horse.
1: Oh my god, uh, dude. So yeah, think, Jane Jane <laughs> Castor, mayor of Tampa, actually came out. She responded to not only a comment she made back when the Bucks signed Tom Brady, but Devin White's request to ride his horse around the stadium if they win the game. Um she she is saying that she'll actually consider naming the city Tampa Bay or Tampa. Uh, I'm assuming for a limited time, but I'll be, I'll be cool with you, dude. Like I'd be okay with that for like a week or two. And then maybe after that, it gets a little bit old, but I mean, God damn Tom Brady comes here and you just get a super bowl. You just get a Stanley cup first year, build the man a statue at every major intersection in downtown and name the city after him for a week or two. I do not care if he gets this done for us, which I think you and I both have a pretty good feeling. They might get it done, but I, I, I would have no problem with that whatsoever. He'll be,
2: yeah. I mean, and, the TB you know, twelve Buccaneers, ring, ring, of honor and stuff. He'll be in it, and you know, like I still think he, you know, he'll have to win a Super Bowl. I think to get in the Ring of Honor. Yeah, uh, I don't think if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, I don't think he'll be in the Ring of Honor. Uh, but if he wins the Super Bowl, he'll definitely be inducted in the Ring of Honor. Um And I mean, if he wins the Super Bowl, what if he wins it like this year and next year? Then the books, he's are talking <laughs> about retiring his number and stuff. So, I mean, wh- whatever. That's crazy. But yeah, Devin White. I would love to see the horse that would just yeah. be and yeah, that would be one of the most unique celebrations there is uh, <laughs> Just to see this dude in full football pads. Right. Right. Just riding a horse around a football field. I mean, the, <laughs> the only thing I could think of is maybe the horse would tear up the field. Right. That's the that's the only concern, I think, you know, and like for the safety of the horse, maybe how would the horse react to all those people around it and stuff? Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, it would be a fun thing, but anyways, nonetheless, let's get into the into the, you know, into the preview, which actually we do have a a brand new injury report right here. So, okay, let's, let's
1: go ahead and go over it. You've got it in front of you. If you want to kind of rally off the names there, we'll get through this.
2: Yeah. So just released, um, Cameron Bray, uh, was uh, popped up on the injury report with a back injury, limited participation. Uh, Antonio Brown was upgraded from a, you know, with a knee injury limited to full. So, safe to say that he's going to be good to go. Yes, sir. Uh Levante David, the hamstring was limited participation again today. We talked about him before the show. He's not He's not missing the Super Bowl, guys. Yeah, uh, there's a lot uh, of guys Devin's... on
1: that roster who are going to be hard to keep on the bench if they can't play and and Levante is definitely number 1 on that list. He's right. going to be playing.
2: Mike Evans with a knee injury, uh, full today after being full yesterday, Chris Godwin, elbow full today after being full yesterday, uh, Steve McClendon, not injury related, did not participate. He'll be fine. Uh, Jason Pierre Paul, his knee was, did not participate on Wednesday, was limited participation on Thursday. Wow. And then Jordan, Jordan is, is I know, his right? season practice. I, I know. That might probably, I think it is. <laughs> uh, that might be his first practice in, like week 12. Um, Jordan Whitehead, shoulder, limited participation today. uh, And Antoine Winfield, ankle, limited participation today. On the Chiefs, there's nothing changed. So it's been the same uh, thing. Eric Fisher and Willie Gay are the only ones that did not participate, and they're likely to be ruled out. So. There we go. Now, looking at that Bucks injury report as we kind of close
1: it out, there were really only four names that a lot of people were concerned about, and that's just because they didn't practice at all last week, and a lot of those were, you know, practice scenarios, not so much an official practice report. But those four, Antonio Brown, Jordan Whitehead, Antoine Winfield Jr., and, of course, Levante David. After the latest injury report, I think we can solemnly say that we'll see all of those guys dress and at least
2: give it a go. Yeah, they're not. They're not missing the game. And it's just not gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> um, especially a guy like Avante David. Um, you know, so yeah, it's not it's not gonna happen. It's just uh, Jordan Whitehead. Maybe we'll see because that's a that's a fresh injury, right? Um, you know, Antoine Winfield didn't play, so he had time to rest, and Antonio Brown didn't play, so he had time to rest. So uh, Jordan Whitehead maybe we'll see, but uh, I think. All those guys are going to play. Everybody on the Bucks injury report should play. And it's a, obviously a big advantage. I think, you know, guys, even when they're not healthy, right? I mean, we just talked with Chris about how Rob Gronkowski for a while there was not healthy. And yeah. in that Super Bowl versus the Rams, he just really wasn't healthy, but he still played anyway. So guys really like to push through things. And um, I think all of them are going to push through just fine.
1: Absolutely. As we kind of unravel this game preview, I want to transition and talk about the Chiefs offensive line, which has been a huge topic because a lot of people talk about how do you slow down this Chiefs team? The way that they've been rolling these past two years, they are definitely the team to beat in the NFL, where you take a look at where they're going to be hit the worst this Sunday At That offensive line position, you brought up left tackle Eric Fisher not being able to play. That is the most important position on the offensive line. And then you fill in a couple of other spaces with some guys that maybe have one or two games of experience between them. What kind of game do you expect from this Chiefs offensive line, and, and what kind of opportunities does it open up for the Bucks pass rush?
2: Yeah, so the Kansas City's actually missing both of their tackles, their starting tackles that yeah. they started the season with, uh, Mitchell Schwartz, who's one of the better right tackles in the NFL, went down. So, you know, but the big thing is they've had they've been without Schwartz for a while, and they've seen to the held up okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Fisher's a big loss because, like I said, missing both those tackles. Man, that's not uh, that's not ideal, especially with such little time to prepare. You know, um, it, it's going to have to be something that the Bucks' pass rushers have to take advantage of, yeah. right? I'm not saying this Chiefs' offensive line is all of a sudden going to become a, a turnstile. I don't think they're just going to you know completely collapse like yeah, that. And I mean, you've also got Pat Mahomes who can get the ball, yeah, ball and out he just, just as quickly rushers. as anybody. Yeah. He can avoid rushers. Um, yeah, he can really help his offensive line out. So it's not like you're playing, you know, Drew Brees back there who's not going to scramble. He's going to sit in that pocket. Or even Tom Brady, you know, a guy that's just going to sit in the pocket and just be in that little area. No, Pat Mahomes is going to run all over the place. So that helps the offensive line. But, um, I yeah, the Bucks pass rushers are going to have to show up, especially Jason Pierre-Paul and Chuck Barrett. We've been saying it for how long. Right, And they did against Green Bay. So they're going to need to have probably even a better game because this is a better offense that they're playing. So um, I'm not saying maybe production-wise, like the box score, you know, like – what Shaq Barrett have three sacks or whatever versus yeah. Green Bay? Yeah. I'm not saying Shaq Barrett has to have four or five sacks in this game. That's unrealistic. But what I'm saying is that when you watch the game, you can tell that Barrett's like in it. Like, he's constantly getting pressure, yeah. uh, getting some sacks. Jason Pierre-Paul gets some pressures, gets some sacks. So I think that's going to be a big key in this game. And, yeah, I mean, it's a huge loss for Kansas City. It's, you know, I believe Mike Rummers is their backup tackle who um, – I guess he's trying to make a st- well, the media the media is <laughs> trying to make a storyline. I mean that's nothing. what
1: that's what the media week is for, man. That's what all right. these 45-minute press
2: conferences are for. Right. Yeah, they're trying to make a real story out of uh Jason Pierre-Paul not knowing who Mike Remmers was, but if like honestly, if you ask Jason Pierre-Paul in a mid-season press conference who he's going up against, he doesn't know. Like that's yeah. just not the type of player he is. So, um
1: and I mean, it's also I,
2: been said that the Buccaneers do a lot of their film study and their
1: research of other teams with numbers, because when you're out there, it's a hell of a lot easier to just name? shout a number
2: than it is to say yeah. somebody's full name. Yeah. Who, who cares about last name, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you, you don't you don't hear you don't hear Drew Brees go, you know, Levante Davis the mic. Yeah. Yeah. 54, you know, yeah. f- 54, fifty you know, four. You know, so I think a lot of yeah, they they all say numbers. Yeah. Um. Obviously, they know, like they know they when they say fifteen, they know who you're talking about. Right, They're t- you're talking about Patrick Mahomes when they say ten, you're talking about Tyreek Hill. But um, you know, yeah, you got to cover eighty-seven, like you know who that is. But yeah. um yeah, it's it's definitely uh, gonna be a, a big challenge for the Chiefs, and it's also gonna be a, a, a area where the Bucks are gonna have to step up. And I think if they don't, it, it's it's gonna be ugly. Yeah. If they do, I think it could single almost single handedly win this game for them if they can get constant pressure. Because guess what? There's somebody in this matchup that wasn't in the last one. That's Vita Vea. Yeah. So he's going to be pushing a pocket right into Mahomes' face, and if those pass rushers can get around and not break contain, I think it's going to be a big key to to keep him Mahomes in in check there, and just don't let him scramble over the place. Because once he, you know, you give him the option to run, if if the linebacker comes down, he just flips it to the running back, and it's a ten yard pickup. So uh, it'll definitely have to be a disciplined game, but I think it's one that Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul are going to have to play well in.
1: Absolutely, and I think getting Vita Vea back at the absolute best time, you know, it's no coincidence that Vita Vea comes back, plays 30-plus snaps in the NFC Championship game, and JPP and Shaq Barrett have five sacks between the two. I don't think it's a coincidence whatsoever. I think he adds another dimension to this pass rush, and I think it's something that Kansas City... Is definitely not going to be as prepared for as they think they are, just because one they didn't face Vita Vea in the last matchup that they had, and second half of the season they really don't have a whole lot of film on the guy. Not that you need to break down a lot of film on Vita Vea because he is just you know a semi truck in the middle of the line of scrimmage. But I-, I think having him there definitely adds another level to this pass rush. Now I want to talk about how these two teams compare as far as other team or uh, other people picking the way that this game plays out. I, I thought this was really interesting because. We talked a little bit on it the last show, and the Buccaneers this season have picked up an underdog mentality. You know, I don't think anybody, a lot of people picked the Bucs to be in the playoffs, but I think a lot of people, right around when they were 7-5, and were not liking those Super Bowl predictions, right? Am I right? I think a lot of people didn't expect the Bucs to run the table, win 7 in a row, and ultimately end up here in Super Bowl 55, but... When you take all of the analysts, all of the experts, all of the talking heads on ESPN, all the people that you hear about, all the people that pick the games, and you tally them all together, it is a ratio of 69 picking the Chiefs and 24 nice. picking the Bucks. I mean, right. almost three times as many people picking Casey to win this game. And I, I just think it goes to show that, you know, Tampa Bay's definitely adopted this underdog mentality. And I think for them to carry it into a game one more time, you know, for our sake, it's a good story. But you also know that the guys, the Buccaneers, they don't really care. They don't. They're just there to do. They're there to show up, do their job, and hopefully whoop some ass on Sunday. They don't care if they're getting picked or not. But I definitely think it's an interesting point because people are trying to make Kansas City an underdog for some reason, like the defending champions of the world or, you know, some team that nobody's ever heard of. But just a 69 to 24 split like that is almost unheard of.
2: Yeah. So I do believe that Kansas City should be favored, right? I mean, they're oh, yeah. they're defending they're defending champs for a reason. Uh, I believe over their last twenty six games, they're like twenty five and one or something. You don't get that by accident. When when the starters play, they're twenty five and one. Yeah. Um, the last game of the year, they actually they lost to the Chargers, uh, but like none of their starters played. So, um, you you don't win games in the NFL that many times by accident. So you're doing something right. They're coming off a Super Bowl victory. Uh, the year before that, they went to the AFC Championship game. So. You know, I think they should be favored, but I do think that like that's a little too lopsided, Right? Um, you know, just maybe, you know, if you had closer to 50, 50, maybe a 60, 40, right? You know, like six sixty five, sixty five. 65, you know, 65, you know, 35 like the 30s or something, yeah. you
1: know, like 65, 35, 65, 38 or just something yeah. to close that gap. But I mean, almost 40 votes like. Yeah, that's 43 people like that is. Yeah, it's just, you know, for a Super Bowl, maybe if it was like a Monday night game between the Chiefs and I don't know, the Giants. But it's the Super Bowl. It is it is the best in the NFC. It is the best in the AFC. And, you know, I get that the Chiefs are favored. But all, all I'm trying to bring up is just it's an interesting stat. And I think the Bucks should continue to carry this underdog persona because we've seen a lot of underdogs prevail these past couple of years, especially in the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, look at um, look at Philly. Yeah, um, you know they really, really to an extreme. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, know to, if anybody's going to show up wearing a dog mask in the Rage J.
2: To, to you know to the underdog mentality, but the the interesting thing with Philly was they were the number one seed. They were. Uh, that was that was the interesting thing. They were the number one seed, but they had all those injuries, so people really wrote them off. I think we were they like thirteen and three that year or something. Yeah. Carson Wentz was, I mean, the, you know,
1: best year of yeah. his career until the injury. But they were yeah. just steamrolling people that season.
2: Yeah, they were the number one seed, and, and people were still like the Falcons in Philly were favored to win that game. Uh, then what was it? The yeah, it was the Falcons, and then the Vikings where the Vikings were favored to win that and game. They absolutely, wall up to Minnesota yeah and then the patriots were favored to win the super bowl and philly really rose to the occasion and took it personally and i think the bucks are too but like you said they don't care right like they don't care that they're being picked against or picked for um they only really pay attention to that stuff i'm sure most of the chiefs players are not paying attention to what espn said right like right. oh you know 69 people picked us to win okay cool Like the chiefs they don't care right like yeah i did think that what was it was it Tyreek Hill? There's Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey saying, Oh, I think people people forgot forgot who we are. Um like, dude, you're okay, whatever. Like
1: like yeah, it's not like everybody and their mom picked the Chiefs to go fifteen and one this year and end up in the Super Bowl again. You know what I mean?
2: Like Like, think I I think either people were either picking you to go to the AFC championship game or the Super Bowl. So yeah, Yeah, it's not like they were saying, Oh, they can't you know, like, well, what are you talking about? So um, (laughs) Yeah, but I think the underdog mentality is definitely something that can be valuable. Um, but I, like I said, I don't I don't think that the players are really too worried about that. They have a job to do. They know what they have to do, and they're going to try their best to go out and do it. We talked about
1: it a little bit with Chris Gronkowski earlier, but you look at this game, two very high-powered offenses. A lot of people see shootout. Both teams putting up 30. I mean, maybe you see a repeat of that Monday night football game with Kansas City from a couple years back. But ultimately... I think one thing is going to decide this football game, and I think it's going to be how the Buccaneers defense decides to show up and play. The last time they played Kansas City, it was a three-point game. Kansas City didn't score over 30, neither did the Bucs. What was it, 27-24? Yeah. On that one. I, I think giving up 300 yards to one receiver in one half is definitely going to slow you down a little bit, but it's safe to say that Tyreek Hill is not going to run wild on this offense. And I think coming into this game for the defense, I'm sorry, for, on this defense, you know what I meant to say. But I think coming into this game for the defense, priority number one is going to be Tyree Kill. You look at the rest right. of the Kansas City offense, you know, it's it's a bunch of weapons there. So you've got Tyree Kill as priority number one. And then you're going to be looking at guys like Sammy Watkins and especially Travis Kelsey. Because, you know, if Pat Mahomes doesn't have a receiver to throw to, Kelsey's going to find a way to get open. And uh, he's a type of tight end, just like Gronk, where if he gets open and he's got a full head of steam, he's going to take one or two people with him.
2: Yeah, he's uh, he's one of the more unique tight ends, and like I think, uh, like we talked about earlier, two future Hall of Famers, right? Don't call him a tight end. So, Um, yeah, it's uh, so (laughs) first quarter of the Week Twelve game, right? I mean, down seventeen nothing. The the final score is kind of deceiving, right? Because, like, yeah, like I'm gonna sort of trash on the Bucks here for a minute, and people are gonna be going wild in the comments, but. That game wasn't actually like a three-point game. Like, it didn't feel like it was actually that close.
1: No, it wasn't. It um, wasn't.
2: The Chiefs really led up, I think, in the, the third and fourth quarter. They really, like, p- took their foot off the gas offensively. I mean, they could have kept throwing the ball deep to Tyree Kill if they wanted to. Um, because the Bucs just seemed to have no answer for it. Uh, so, I, I don't – it was a three-point game, but it wasn't that close. It was 17 nothing before you blinked an eye. Um, and the chiefs got obviously outscored 24 to 10, but um, the rest of the way. but like I said, just it seemed like after they were up 17, nothing they really took their foot off the gas. But I will say of course you know not to go back to you know, Pro Bucks. This is a different Bucks team, and this is a different Bucks defense right now. So they have Jamel Dean back, which they didn't for that game. Um, he's with their fastest corner, so I suspect that you know, I think Tyreek Hill could be seeing some of Jamel Dean, yeah. and then obviously Vita Vea back, which we talked about. And also, it's a different offense. The the Bucks offense in that first matchup, well, they have three they they had four drives and they picked up one first down on those four drives. You'll I mean, it was very similar to the Saints game. Um, you also it's just two the difference was, Tom Brady, which I doubt you're going to see. Yeah, Sunday. but I'm, I'm talking about to start the game though. Right, um, right. To, to start the game, they had four drives and only one first down. It was like the Saints game. The F- Saints came in Tampa, except the only difference was the Chiefs were scoring explosively, right? <laughs> like they were scoring like so quickly um, that the Bucks were able to get the ball back and just couldn't do anything with so. So that's going to be important, right? But I think that's a different. It's just a different Bucks offense. You're really seeing them trying to force the ball down the field. I don't know if you're going to see that anymore. So I think the Bucks really didn't seem prepared for a lot of the blitzes um, that Kansas City was still going to throw at them. I think they'll be better prepared now, and I just think it'll be just a different game. I just think it'll be it'll be a different game. I think the the score. Regardless of whether the score is, is three points or whether it's more than three points, I think this game will be – you'll come away from this game thinking, wow, that was a pretty close game, no matter who wins, whether the Bucks win, the Chiefs win, whatever. I think you'll come away from this game with saying, okay, that was a pretty close game. Whereas in Week 12, I can't wait for them thinking, yeah, yeah it's, it's three points, but did the Bucs you – know, Kansas City really could
1: have kept a 17-point uh, lead if they City really could wanted have,
2: to. They could have won that game by 14, 17 points, yeah. yeah. Now, one more thing I did want to bring
1: up kind of briefly here because I already did mention it a little bit, but you speak on the offense and the differences here. Obviously, the offense is rolling much better than they were week 12. This was before the bye week where everybody kind of took a deep breath right. and figured each other out. Tom Brady threw two picks that game, and I don't want to say that if he doesn't throw those two picks, the Bucks ultimately end up winning that game just because we know that if the Chiefs wanted to really you know, put it on, they could have, but I definitely feel like it's, you know, it feels much more like a three point game if you if you don't get those two picks. And I think those were, you know, very well, much the difference maker for Tampa.
2: The big thing, I'm not sure if you remember, the both those picks were in field goal range. Yeah. Um, so that's points. Yep. Um the the I think the well, the first one was the Scotty Miller on that deep one. Just underthrew it a little bit. And then the second one was the kind of the weird one. Mm-hmm. Uh where it it popped off of the, I think it was Donovan Smith's helmet and it went up in the air for felt like five minutes and of course the, the chief it just falls right into his i think it was tyron matthews fall right into his hands yeah um so that was a little bit of bad luck but yeah that can't happen um especially against this chiefs team yeah the, the bucks did force a turnover over patrick mahomes they forced the the fumble um which at the time the chiefs were up 17 nothing i believe and they were going to make it 24 nothing after that fumble yeah. um so uh you know the Chiefs don't turn the ball over much, and Tom Brady cannot turn the ball over in this game. I mean, I'm not even once. I think he has to play very well, and it, rightfully so. This Chiefs offense is so difficult to stop. Don't give them more chances, right? Oh, don't. Yeah. Yeah, there's no reason, you know. Do not give them more chances than you have to. So I think the Bucs themselves are gonna have to play a really clean game. And yeah, those turnovers they can't happen. And what you've been seeing is they really haven't happened except for in the Green Bay game. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't have three picks. If you have three picks, the, the Chiefs are going to win. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. So because Mahomes isn't going to throw three picks on the other end. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I do think that Tom Brady's going to play a clean game. I think he's going to play turnover free. And I think right now, I, I think you you have to trust him. You have to trust him to be able to do that because he's shown that, that he's able to do that. Yeah.
1: Now, if you're in a position as well on defense and you come up with a takeaway, well, you better believe you're going to have to get seven. You cannot Six, settle seven. for a field goal. Yeah.
2: yeah. Not, um, uh, not feel unless but, it's the end of the game and you're, you're tied. And you're going for the win. Then you can sell for a field goal. Yeah. But yeah, that's the only, like, if it's, if it's fourth and two on your own, you know, on, on your, their 10 yard line, you better not be kicking it. You, you better, I'm telling you better be going because oh, yeah. you're not going to win kicking field goals.
1: Oh, yeah, no way. But I wanted to bring up that defense and their ability to force turnovers because, believe it or not, the Buccaneers have seven takeaways in the playoffs. They lead the NFL by a pretty good margin, and you're going to lean on that a lot on Sunday night. We talk about this defensive identity and, yeah, this you know revamped pass rush with Vita Vea coming back and even more reasons to get more pressures on Patrick Mahomes – Pat Mahomes isn't a guy who's going to make mistakes, but it doesn't matter if it's Pat Mahomes or Ryan Leaf under center. If you pressure a quarterback, they're going to throw an interception. And I think the Bucks defense knows likely. that. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, you're, you're ultimately going to want to force a mistake that you can take advantage of. But I think a pass rush from a team that's top five in pressures, I think they can force a mistake. And, uh, you know, that's the play that's ultimately going to be the difference maker in this one. If it's a turnover one way or the other, you're going to look to that defense to step up and kind of lean on their ability to force some turnovers this Sunday.
2: Yeah. And obviously also Ben don't break. Yeah. look, the chiefs are going to get yards. I mean, they are, they're going to push the ball down the field. They're going to move the ball on you. I think, you know, there's not many defenses in the NFL that can stop it. And I think the big thing is, you know, uh, three for the bucks. it's, (laughs) It's seven instead of three for the bucks defense. It's three instead of seven. So, um, especially if you're coming off of a turnover, like if Brady would throw a pick or there's a fumble or something, something goofy happens, um, you know, that's, you know, that can be demoralizing to a defense, right? The Chiefs yeah. get the ball on your own 20-yard line and they just throw a touchdown pass, you know, it, but if you hold them to three, that could give you a little bit more energy. The, the offense kind of goes, whew, all right, well, that could have been a lot worse, right? Yeah. So let's go out and let's correct it. So I think it's important for the Bucs' defense to bend, don't break. And they actually did that on the first drive uh Kansas City, Kansas City went down the field on them pretty easily, and they were able to to force a field goal. But then the Bucks' offense just couldn't do anything on the the next drive. So yeah. it's going to be important to uh, to really limit uh, what the Chiefs' touchdowns. Obviously, it sounds simple, but um, <laughs> you know, yeah, don't let them score touchdowns. Like it's it sounds simple, but it's going to be important to do that and play a really clean game on offense.
1: Absolutely. Before we get into the weekly checklist, I want to do a little bit of uh I don't know, a little bit of something different. It's Super Bowl show. Let's just try some stuff and see what sticks. But let's talk about some X factors for this game. Some a player on either side of the ball that can absolutely just change the momentum of the game at any given notice. And you know, a guy on the Chiefs defense that I'm gonna be watching, and I'm sure a lot of people have talked about, but it's gonna be that safety Tyron Matthew, the honey badger. He is the guy on that defense who can pretty much make a play from anywhere on the field. He is athletic, he is quick. He loves the game of football, and he's just the guy that you have to watch out for. I mean, Tom Brady had a lot of great things to say about him this week. He had a pick against the Bucks, even though it was kind of the weird deflection. He still has an interception against Tom Brady this season, so you bet your ass he's going to be looking for another one on Sunday. But that's the guy that I think Tom Brady is going to have the toughest job of trying to, you know, keep an eye on where he is at all times.
2: Yeah, that dude's uh, that dude is uh, is special, and I think obviously Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles know it. Uh, Bruce Arians had said, you know, this week that it's it's his favorite player that he's ever drafted. It's like it's, it's you know a favorite draft pick, and uh, I just I think the story, uh, the you know the story really relates to Bruce Arians. How Tyron Matthew got in some trouble, got kicked out, you know, Cardinals took a shot on him. And I uh, worked out, and I, I do know that you know the Bucks had some interest in in Matthew when when he became free agent when Bruce Arians was, was you know his first year, but unfortunately the Bucks just didn't have the money, and uh, the the Chiefs were able to offer him more. So um, it's unfortunate, but yeah, I mean he's a heck of a football player, and like you said, um, he's the best player in that secondary, and I think that that's the one player that yeah Tom Brady's going to have a tough time fooling. Uh, he just brings so much energy, right? He's you can tell he's like the he's he's the alpha male. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely uh definitely gonna be a challenge, I think, to, to try and throw him off because he's uh and right now he's playing great. So yeah. Um yeah, he's he's a great player and he's in his prime. So that, that that's gonna be a key to the game. I think I'm not sure if the Bucks completely avoid, you know, him, but I, I think that it would be wise to, to not exactly throw his way a whole ton. Oh yeah.
1: Is there anybody else for the Chiefs whether it's offense, defense that you see being a potential difference maker?
2: Yeah, Ladarius Sneed was their rookie corner. He's been really good this season. Um he's been like one of the best defensive rookies, uh just a uh, you know, stud, I think, and um I'm sorry, it's Ladarius, not Ladarius. My bad. Uh anyways, yeah, it's uh he he's been he's been awesome. Uh it's I'm not really a big fan of pro football focus, but he was the number one rookie defensive back in the NFL, according to pro football focus. Uh, So he's been a a big reason their defense has had success, and I think he's going to be a big key. Uh, Obviously, Chris Jones, too, uh, on the defensive line. So uh, those are just the two players, I think. Uh, A lot of the other players are, honestly, role players that just do their role very well. Um, yeah, you know, the, the, the stars are Snead, Matthew, Chris Jones. But then the other guys they have are, are role players that know their role and they do it excellent. So, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, Chiefs defense is pretty cut and dry, but it's, it works. Absolutely.
1: Every single week here on the Game Preview Show, we wrap things up with a little thing called the Weekly Checklist. And what it is, I put together a list of three things that this Bucs team is going to need to do if they want to come out victorious on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's go ahead and jump into it. Evan, if at any time you have anything you want to add to the list, you just let me know, friendo. First things first, keep it all in front of you on defense. I, I think the Chiefs have plenty of players on that offense who can peel the top off of this defense, and they can burn a lot of guys for a big play. I think priority number one is going to be trying to slow down a guy like Tyreek Hill who personally I think they're going to do a good job of doing I just also think Travis Kelsey is going to get 130 yards receiving Uh in the process but if you can do a good job of stopping those guys from making big plays over the top of your head I think this defense is fast enough to the football to where they can slow down a lot of those plays before they develop and I mean come on dude it's Pat Mahomes and the rest of that offense they're going to make some plays and I mean even if you expect Pat Mahomes he'll have JPP, Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett breathing down his neck, and I'm sure he'll break the pocket and make a play along the sideline. That's just what we've seen him do, but do a good job of slowing that offense down. I think one of the biggest things you have to do is just to keep it all in front of you, and if they do that, I think they should be cush throughout the evening. Number two, kind of goes hand-in-hand with what the defense needs to do. you got to win the battle at the line of scrimmage, and I guess this goes for you know the offense and the defense. As far as the offense, we didn't get into a lot of detail, but this run game... Whether you're going to have Leonard Fournette kind of take the majority of the carries or you're going to see Ronald Jones, you're going to see both of those running backs. You're going to see the rotation that they've stuck with throughout the playoffs. I really think you do. It'd be refreshing to see, you know, Ronald Jones get 15 carries out of the gate, but I don't think it happens that way. With that being said, winning the battle at the line of scrimmage is going to be critical. I mean, on defense, that defensive line, it starts with Vita Vea, and we know that he is a guy who can win the battle all by himself. But it just opens up things for the rest of the pass rush. It opens up more lanes. If you're sending Devin White up the gut, send him up the gut full steam ahead. Don't have him stop and wait for a blocker on the way. Bring the pressure to Pat Mahomes, and it starts with winning the battle at the line of scrimmage. The last thing that I've got on my list has to do with the offense. you got to play a clean game. No mistakes, no turnovers, no stupid penalties. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. But I want to highlight no turnovers because you know normally you're not going to get them back. But when you're playing a team like Kansas City, if you turn the ball over, it's a ninety nine percent chance you're going to be giving up points. That's just the way that I feel. And, uh, it, you know, any mistakes in this game, you're not going to be able to get back because like it or not, there is not another game after this.
2: Right. I mean, this is it. Right. If you want to push all the chips in the table, this is the one. Yeah. This is guaranteed the, the last game. So, yeah, um, do you have yeah, anything you, all wanted, you got.
1: To, wanted to add to the checklist this week?
2: No, it's a pretty good checklist. I mean, I think obviously, like you said, um, Tyreek Hill, you can't go in with the same game plan, Yeah, um, having really no safety help over the top. So uh, it's so difficult because if you play man against the Chiefs, that's where a guy like Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, and Samuel Watkins, that's where they kill you. But if you play zone, that's where Travis Kelsey just finds the open hole and yeah. he just sits there, and it's a 10, 15-yard gain. Um, and they'll do that consistently. They don't care. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. Uh, I'm interested to see the, the game plan on defense there. Obviously, a big key thing, like you said, the trench play, uh, the Bucks offensive line was very meh the first time they played the Chiefs, and the Bucks offensive line has been very good post-bye week. So yeah. um, it's, that's going to be a big key. Um, and then obviously, like you said, just, we talked about it, right? No turnovers. So this can't, can't dress it enough that, you know, against this chiefs team, there's, they're, they're going to capitalize. They are. And, and if the bucks get a turnover on defense, they have to capitalize, uh, you know, because the chiefs aren't going to be giving it away much. So when, if, if they do, when they do, you're going to have to really, really make sure that it turns into some form of points.
1: Absolutely. Let's do some score predictions and get the hell out of here, I know we talked about it a lot, and I'm sure people are tired of hearing it, but you look at this game and you think shootout. I think this is a game that will be decided by what kind of defense shows up for Tampa Bay, and I think if that defense shows up, they're going to keep Kansas City in check. I don't think they're going to put up over 30 if this defense plays the way that we want them to. I think it's a close game. I think the last team to have the ball is who's going to win this one, Mm. and with that being said, I'll make my pick. I know it's a huge shocker here, but I've got Tom Brady. Getting ring number seven in his tenth Super Bowl appearance, the Buccaneers get their second franchise Lombardi, and they do it all in Raymond James Stadium. I think they come out victorious, twenty-seven to twenty-four, the same exact score as their last matchup.
2: Wow, you put me on top. Both teams under thirty. Huh? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a big shocker, right? I, yeah, right. Who I, I thought actually, I was
1: going to pick the Bucks this week?
2: I actually would have been. Like people would have seen my face if you picked the Chiefs, I would have been absolutely shocked. Uh, um, so, well, just want to throw this out there. I don't, I don't want it to,
1: uh, to sway your decision making at all. But I might have gotten a couple of verbal threats on Twitter this week uh, regarding you picking the other team. So just, you know, think about that. But don't let uh, it affect you. I mean, that's not it. That's not a threat. You know, it's
2: they're, they're, they're threats towards you, not me. So, <laughs> um, I don't care. With that uh, said, Chiefs by fifty. <laughs> that, yeah, with that said, Chiefs are going to run uh, Now, nah, a- Anyways, um, look, I mean, this is why you bring uh, Tom Brady here. It's it's the 10th Super Bowl, Rob sixth place like, so we just talked about with Chris. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this game, everybody's, you know, either... I haven't seen many that are in the, the 20s. So, I mean, both teams in the 20s, so kudos to you. Uh, but I I'm think I've seen most... But most people having, you know, if the Chiefs win or Bucs win, one team in the 30s and the other in the 20s. You see a I lot of 31-28s.
1: Yeah,
2: I think the both teams, well, that's because the lines what, three? Yeah. That's why. <laughs> um, I, I think both teams are going to be over 30. Uh, I think this is going to be a true shootout. And I think maybe not the team with the ball, that maybe not the team that has the ball last will win, but I think maybe this defense the defense that I'm re- going to refer to here when I pick my winner, the defense makes one play towards the end of the game, right? Maybe, like, the the offense has the ball and a chance to win the game, but the defense makes one play, whether it's a turnover, whether it's a fourth down, you know, not not converted, something like that. So with that being said, um, I, I can't, you know, you, you can't actually pick against them. You know, you can't pick against the Bucks in At this point, right, like, they've gone so far. Um, you're the the type of guy,
1: I mean, you've always said, I'll believe it when I see it. And in this year, I think you've seen a little bit of everything.
2: I've seen a little bit of everything, right? We've seen old bucks, right? Week nine, that was old (sighs) bucks. And then, you know, we've seen new bucks these last seven weeks or so. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Bucks are going to win uh, 35 to 31. I think Tom Brady is going to be the Super Bowl MVP after he throws three touchdown passes over 300 yards and no interceptions. So do you have uh, a prediction on Super Bowl MVP? Oh, man.
1: You know, I, I, feel like I know it's... I'm putting you on the spot. But... No, you're good. I mean, I've, I've spent a little bit of time thinking about it. I'd like to say that if the defense makes that one big play, we get a defensive MVP just in the true nature of bucks in the super bowl. But I, I ultimately feel like it's going to be Tom Brady unless Leonard Fournette has like 150 yards on the ground. I don't think it'll be any other offensive player than TB 12. And I think if he goes out there, he plays his brand of football and they come out victorious. I I think it'll ultimately be Brady.
2: Yeah. I think it's, it's going to be very difficult for a defensive player to win. Yeah. I know that, um, what what? what uh, Dexter Jackson yeah. had won with the Bucks, so that's a defensive player but like, man it's just so difficult for a defensive player to win the MVP maybe if like you know Jamel Dean has like an interception and it's like a pick six like it the seems pick like...
1: six to seal it or something
2: Right. Yeah. Like, like you have to like it seems like you have to make like if you have like an interception, it has to be like multiple interceptions. Like Dexter Jackson had two in that game. Yeah. Um, but it seems like you have well for one, you have to have it early, because they don't vote on the MVP at the end of the game. They do it like midway through a third quarter or something, I think. Mm-hmm. Um I think for like for both teams in the event that, you know, I'm pretty sure it's something like that. I don't think they vote right at the end of the game. So um yeah, I, I think it's earlier than that. So uh, yeah, it's weird. Like, so Jamel Dean, if he has a pick, if it's like a pick six, and like that's the one that like really like wins it, it's like clear. Maybe you know, like he would win or something. But it seems like if, oh, if you're a defensive player, you got to play really, really well, yeah. or it's got to be a or it's got to be a scoring play. I remember when the Seahawks uh, Super Bowl with against Denver, uh, Malcolm Smith, I think that was his name, uh, the, the linebacker. Uh, you had that pick six on Peyton Manning. And he won Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. So that's the big splash play that you need on defense. But yeah, I think Tom Brady's a pretty safe bet. If, if the Bucks are going to win this game, I think it's because of Tom Brady. And I think in that case, Brady would be a safe bet to win MVP.
1: Hey, I mean, it is an exciting thought thinking about a defensive player winning MVP. It's safe to say that there are plenty of playmakers on this Bucks defense. But ladies and gentlemen, that's it. That's gonna do it. It's that's, our final game it. preview show of the year. It is in the books, and uh, we're not gonna talk to you guys again until after the big game.
2: Yeah, well, well, yeah. We'll so it could be obviously Sunday night. We might go live. We'll see after the game. Uh, um, I mean,
1: if they win on Sunday night, I'm definitely going live. You're welcome to join me if you'd like, or we can do yeah, a regular yeah. show the next day, which we'll probably end up doing. But if well, they yeah, are we'll victorious, by the way, hundred and ten percent. If they win, I'm I'm going live. I'm taking calls, man. <laughs> um
2: okay yeah I'm just saying it'll be like midnight bad time but yeah. um so oh, we'll be um, up the city will be up don't worry it'll be on fire but we'll be awake. Oh, uh, well <laughs> I'm in Pennsylvania so <laughs> um so um, yeah it, so we'll definitely have obviously uh that if they win but then we'll have the the game review show no matter what uh even if they win yeah we'll go live on Sunday night but then we'll also have a game review which will be a little more formal kind of um and then we'll have our season review, which we'll look at pretty much every game, uh, talk about a little bit about every game. It's one of the longer we do a season prediction show at the beginning of the year. And then at the end, we do a season review where we talk about every game and sort of what went wrong, what went right, what was the turning point, um, who played well, who didn't. So, and any memories we have of that game. So, really look forward to that. And then after that, we got a full off season, But, uh, you know, just cherish this moment right now. And because you never know when it could be, you know, it could be another 20 years from the, Bucks are in this moment again. We don't know, so yeah. um, enjoy this weekend. It's it's one of a you know one of a kind, and um, you know don't know if you're ever gonna see up the Bucks play in Raymond James Stadium for the Super Bowl ever again, right? Yeah. I mean, it's 55 years of Super Bowls, so this is the first time it's ever happened. Like, it's not likely. So um, yeah, just really uh, cherish this moment and just enjoy the game, right? I mean, I know it's it would be disappointing if the Bucks lose, but. So, man, you made it to the big dance. And after all you know the pain and suffering that you've been through over the years, the fact that they've made it here already has made this season a, a absolute success.
1: Without a doubt. Ladies and gentlemen, check out the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show and, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host on Instagram at Bucs underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. So, uh, yeah, this is it. Super Bowl 55 in just a couple of days as we wrap up our game preview show. Anxiously awaiting the biggest game in probably Buccaneer history. I mean, definitely the most at stake, and and you think about the stage that has been set. I would say Super probably,
2: Bowl. I would say probably second biggest. I'll say that. You, probably is it going to be probably hard just to... because probably it's going to be hard to top their first Super Bowl.
1: Oh yeah, just because it ended, you know, twenty five, thirty years of of being at yeah. the
2: bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah, it was their first time ever in it. I think that it's, it's going to be pretty hard to top that. Absolutely. Um, unless, unless there's like a storybook finish here where, you know, Tom Brady throws a touchdown with and Gronkowski. Or you know, I'd like it to be like Mike Evans or something with like, yeah. you know, zeros on the clock and the Bucs win. Then yeah. maybe, but we'll see. Oh, man. I can't wait. Ladies and gentlemen. Can you imagine your anxiety really quick before you go? No, like it's I don't like, want to. It's like. Like it's like thirty four, it's like thirty four like to thirty Chiefs. Nine seconds left. The Bucks have the ball in like the ten yard line. No timeouts. Bucks have the ball at the ten
1: yard line with ten seconds left. They're getting a touchdown. Like I just, I something about the Bucks in the red zone this year gives you a good feeling. Once they're there, they can usually get the job done.
2: All right, All right. that's your bold prediction. So if that exact situation, my comes bold up, prediction,
1: oh, if the if... Bucks are in the red zone, they're gonna score. <laughs>
2: No, you, if it's 3430 and there's nine <laughs> seconds left, if that exact thing happens. That's, and it, you know, that's his, that's his prediction right okay, there.
1: There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, if that exact thing happens, you remember where you heard it first. I think it's about time we wrap this thing up. We've gone on a little bit too long, but I'll tell you for our final game preview show of the year, it has been a damn good one. Thank you to Rob Gronkowski. Thank you to my co-host Evan Wanish. And of course, Chris my Gronkowski. Son. Yes. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> wow.
1: No, I feel terrible. All right. <laughs> I guess that's just a sign that we need to get off here. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the show this season. We will talk to you after the game on Sunday. Win, lose, or draw. Always remember, go Bucks.
0: The new Super Beats Heart Choose Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL.